Welcome to Murder on Silk Road, the podcast that explores Asian and European true crime cases. My name is Lena, and with me is my friend and co-host, Julia. And I'm the other one. And You're the other one. I'm You're the sick other today. One. Yes, and um, so, I, excuse my voice, uh, but every Monday um, we come out with an episode and it's either a case or what we call an in-between so in between a case episode and this is basically an episode where we talk about anything that we want it could be related to the case that we talked about the week before or it might be completely unrelated it's just kind of up to us basically yes yeah but today i am bringing you a case i know (laughs) trigger warning it can get a little, because this is a true crime podcast, right? So it can get a little gory or uh, disturbing. So listener discretion is advised. Cool. Um, I need to just make sure you know something, Lena. Okay. I ate. Good. <laughs> Very um, good, Julia. I don't know if people caught it. Well, I hope so, because I purposefully left it in. But in the previous case episode that came out I my stomach really let us know what's (laughs) up and yeah so I made sure to eat because as fun as that was for me it might be a bit disturbing (laughs) so yeah should we should be okay other than obviously me being sick kind of congested um so I'm sorry if you hear some like sniffling yeah, I'll, I'll try to cut all of that out. But it's good that you ate. Take care of yourself, especially when you're sick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's good news. Yeah. Any news on your side? No, I guess. Work cool. has just been busy, I suppose. But Sometimes but no news is good news. Yeah, I, I agree. It's gotten cold, but... I would like to say the, the same thing. Probably. That's the seasons. I'd like to say the same thing, but sitting here right now, the sun shining directly through the window into my face, it doesn't feel cold, (laughs) but it definitely has been. I'm happy for you. I mean, I don't know how other people feel. I'm not a fan of the cold, but I mean, whether it's uh, cold where you are or not, make sure you dress appropriately and take care of your health. Listen to your body. don't get sick. Like not Julia. like me yeah yeah speaking of it being cold though i do need to turn on my kotatsu i my have never tried a kotatsu and i'm really upset about it well next time you come here basically it's you know those tables where you can put a blanket in between the table legs and the tabletop and within that under the table you have a heater so it's For those nice of you who have never haven't heard of a kotatsu. Yes. Uh, but yeah, anything new on your side? Well, I've just gotten a few sort of um, assessments back from school. And okay. it, it's been very reassuring to me because, I mean, you, you kind of had the same throughout school, but we we were pretty good students like we we didn't have to do too much to get good grades I don't think to be fair our school I think was easy that's true and I realized that as soon as I went into the (laughs) real world (laughs) nobody listens to this that um went to school with us or taught us 
Mm. Um, but we we did very well with only having to do very little. And so when I went out into the big scary world, I suddenly felt not very smart. And yeah. I thought that maybe I just it was such a protected environment that mm-hmm. it just kind of got me overconfident. But mm. this has made me realize because I got back some assessments and they were really good that mm-hmm. it just it depends on what you're learning and if you're interested in what you're learning because I wasn't in the other stuff I was learning where I wasn't <laughs> in the, doing in well. The university. Yeah, yeah, so obviously I wasn't doing well because I wasn't interested in it. Um, it's a mm. bit of an like ADD thing. I'm not saying like I'm diagnosed with ADD, but I have a bunch of the similar characteristics. So you're self-diagnosed. I'm self-diagnosed ADD, <laughs> yeah. But basically, I think it's, yeah, it really depends on what you're learning and if you're interested in what you're learning. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just very happy to, yeah, know that I'm enjoying what I'm doing now. That's good. I'm so happy for you. Because I know for a while you were really lost and you know you didn't have any motivation to continue your studies and yeah. you didn't know if it was your problem or or what the it, reason if it was, was the depression or not let's be honest yeah here. <laughs> yeah but I think it does in a way I'm not sure if it contributes to the depression but it doesn't help if yeah, you're no, not enjoying definitely. what you do every day so it's a it's a spiral it all kind of builds on each other like all the mm-hmm. negative things and it just goes further and further and further so It definitely didn't help, yeah. Yeah, that's good. So happy for you. But let's end this mental health session and um, (laughs) do something that's maybe even worse for our mental health. Let's talk about scary things. Yep. Uh, Okay, Okay, gotta crack my bones and get ready. (laughs) Get ready for this. So I am taking you to August 15, 1974. 74. Okay. 74. Mrs. Chen is working her shift at the Great Wall Mansions, located in Mongkok, Hong Kong. Oh, Hong Kong. Okay. Yes. I You said Great Wall and I was like, okay, are we in Beijing? <laughs> okay, Hong Kong. Yeah, so it's a hotel. It's actually, so the Great Wall Mansions, it sounds, you know, mansions, but um, yeah. it's actually a love hotel. And it's spread across one floor of an apartment building. Uh, oh, okay. Well, like nothing against love hotels, but I wouldn't want to live like right above or below that, you know? <laughs> Especially <laughs> below. So the thing with Hong Kong is there are so many tall buildings, right? And I yeah. don't think like in other countries, it might look like a residential place or a residential apartment, but there are a lot of businesses like high up in the floors as well so not just mm. on the first floor gla- ground floor so yeah i think there were many different businesses across the floors and on floor 13 was the great wall mansions okay so a bunch that of already speaks badly for the story on the 13th yeah. floor i mean i'm not superstitious but still mm-hmm. not great i wasn't sure if i was going to mention this but I saw a video of someone going to the place inside the elevator and it's really fascinating because the buttons have different so the floors are named differently in Chinese and English yeah because the unlucky numbers are different yeah so that's true the 13th floor in 
it was in Chinese, 13th floor, but in the English, it said 12th floor. So it's because there is no 13th floor for the English yeah. speakers. But for the Chinese speakers, there was no fourth floor. So that was really fascinating. Because that makes sense. Because if it's the, if there's one in each sort of understanding that's unlucky that mm-hmm. they don't mention, then that adds yeah. up, right? So if they don't have the fourth floor, then the 13th mm-hmm. would be the 12th. Yes. So technically, I think this was on the 12th floor, but it was in Chinese called the 13th floor in English. I, I don't know, whatever. It was basically the 13th floor <laughs> of this building. Okay. The um, Kwok Chai building, international building is what it was called. Mm-hmm. That was just the name. Okay. And yeah, it, this building still exists in Hong Kong. If you want to find it, it's 137 to 139 Sai Yi Street. Or alternatively, I think 58 Mongkok Road as well. But Oh, Mongkok Road, anyway, that sounds familiar. Have you been? To, I mean, I've been to Hong Kong, so yeah. Yeah, it's very close to... Do you know to, what island it's on? Oh, I don't know which island it is, but it's the same island as uh, Tsim Sha Tse, and it's close to Mong Kok East Station. I think I've, I've been metro. to Mong Kok Station. I think that's why it sounds Ooh. familiar. It's very close. You probably walked past it then. Very possible, because I've been yeah. to Hong Kong twice on separate occasions. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's possible. Okay, so I'm saying Mrs. Chen just because she's in her 60s and I'm assuming she's married. So we're just going to call her Mrs. Chen. So she had the morning shift. And when she took over that morning, her night shift colleague, Mrs. Huang, told her about a request made by the guests in room 5. So a couple of regulars had used the room that night. And the man had already left for work that morning at around 6 o'clock. Uh, but before he left, he told Mrs. Huang at the front desk that his partner would sleep in and asked her to please wake the partner up at 11 o'clock for like checkout or something. Oh, so her like sexual partner. Well, or... yeah, the person who was in the room, the lady in the room with him. Okay. Yeah, so basically the a couple went in, a man and a woman um and yeah so when mrs chen got there that morning she was told oh yeah make sure at 11 o'clock you go check on this room because they made a request to wake up the woman at 11 okay so when the time came mrs chen went to the room and knocked on the door but nobody responded and so there are quite a a few different story or i guess tellings of how this went whether she was alone when she went in or whether she had a colleague with her but basically, eventually they, because there was no reply, they got the spare key. And she had to clean the room as well, right? Like right, it's checkout course, time. Yeah. So goes in and she sees that there is someone indeed lying on the bed. But the person was completely covered with a blanket from head to ankle. So she oh. could only see a pair of feet sticking out. So there was definitely a person there. That's weird. Yeah. And like um, the completely covered is weird. Because that's yeah. not something you do when you sleep. Not really, no. So she calls out to the person and getting no reply, seeing no reaction, she goes a bit closer and nudges the person. And yeah, nothing. No so she immediately notices, yeah, something's off. And instead of doing anything crazy, she calls the police. Oh, that's a really good reaction. 
Yes, definitely. She's like, I'm not getting involved with this. Bye. And that's really yeah. good. Also, I so, remembered why I know Mongkok. Okay. Because that's where the ladies market is, which is like a really well-known yes, tourist attraction. Yes. And I was that's there. True. So, yeah. Super random, but I knew I recognized no, but like, it. It's good you know it because then you can imagine where this took place. Yeah, and... I do. Yeah, because we kind of walked around the area and I'm pretty sure mm -hmm. that that's... So I could have been very close. But yeah, yeah so definitely. I kind of know roughly where we're talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, good. So at around 11.30 that day, Mongkok Police Station receives a call from the Great Wall Mansions about a dead body found in one of the guest rooms. And the police station was only eight minutes away from the hotel, so the officers were immediately on the scene at room five. When they first got in, they were surprised to find a very clean room. Nothing seemed out of the ordinary, there was no blood or anything, just a person lying in bed covered with a blanket. They could see, though, that the toenails had red nail polish on them. Mm -hmm. So a lot of... Murders do happen in Hong Kong, especially... I, I'm not sure if it's especially during that time, but there's there are just so many people in such a small place. So, yeah, there's there are a lot of crazy crimes, murder well, cases in Hong Kong that I do want to cover in the future okay, as well. Okay, yeah, well, it kind of makes sense. Like, the more people sort of in a small area of space, I think that it just allows for more um, conflict. Yeah, and I'm not that familiar with Hong Kong's history, but there is a lot of political unrest as well. That too. With, yeah. I think before, oh, was there even a time of Japanese occupation? Oh, I'm not sure, but anyway, politically... the wrong person. <laughs> I was going to check it, but then I forgot. But anyway, um, yeah, there's just a lot going on there. And where were we? But basically, I think what I was trying to say was that the police are not unfamiliar with murder scenes. Right. So they're not newbies like yeah they're they know what they're doing so yeah. anyway one of the officers goes over to the bed and takes off the blanket and what the police see would end up traumatize them for their whole lives oh okay yeah so the blanket revealed a thin small naked body of a woman and i was gonna okay i was gonna calculate this so because hong kong uses the same the british system so i only know her oh. height in feet and inches okay yeah that but she means nothing to me <laughs> to us exactly so let me just double check i just know that like five is. two is roughly me and you're like okay. five eight right ish uh i forget i think like five seven five eight was you yeah so it's around 157.5 centimeters Oh, so she's roughly my height. Yes, and you are small. Yes, I'm small, but not yeah. so much like not so much in uh, Asia. Yeah, I guess, but um, yes, but what was really scary with this body was, so the woman's eyes were wide open. Oh, oh, that's terrifying. Yeah. And at first glance, it looked like she had this toothy grin on her. Okay, I sense bad things. Yeah, so after getting over this initial shock, the police realized that the woman's lips and eyelids were removed. 
which gave her that nightmarish expression. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, so it basically was just, you know, no eyelids, no lips, so the teeth were showing because there was nothing to cover them. Oh, jeez. I was thinking um, kind of along the lines of sort of perpetrators that do the sort of Cheshire grin, like mm, cutting open yeah. from like the, the corners of your mouth. But yeah. that's, I don't think I've heard that before. That's terrifying. It is. And there are a lot of people who do compare this with the Black Dahlia. And I think in the Black Dahlia where they had the... T- like Yeah, yeah, said, she had just like Cheshire corner grin of the lips. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the lips and the eyelids were not the only parts that were removed. Okay. So there were a total of 12 areas where skin and flesh was, mov- uh, was removed. Okay. Including her nose, her ears, oh. her nipples, and her private parts, basically. I, I was thinking probably, like, something around the breasts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, but nose, ears, this, it seemed, unless, until you've said, like, the um, sort of more sexual organ areas, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is very focused on, like, the face. So, like, yes. the identity and sort of the the... Um, the, generally like the head area mm-hmm. good call identity is most likely why she was mutilated like this good job thank you <laughs> so yeah and apart from her toenails they also see that she had painted red fingernails mm. and they see that her neck had strangulation marks and she looked like she died a few hours ago so was that the cause of death do you know? Yes. Was it strangulation? Okay. It was strangulation. And, and was it like ligature marks or was it like handprints? I believe it was hand. Like it, it wasn't oh, that clear. She was geez. just strangled, basically. Okay. Um, that's all I know. But also parts of her hair and her eyebrows were also kind of, I'm not sure if it was shaved off or cut off or something like that. I mean, hair can so, be ripped out, but not eyebrows. Yeah. So, yeah, no, the eyebrows were definitely shaved. But I'm maybe cut with a knife or something. That's so weird. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, if he's not removing everything, then it can't stop them from using it for DNA to maybe, like, help identify her. I mean, I'm not sure they even had DNA at this point. Oh, crap. You're right. 75. No, I think so. 74. Wait, 74. Okay. DNA evidence history okay um so dna fingerprinting was first used in forensic science in 1986 in the uk so Mm. very unlikely yeah so all they were looking for were actual fingerprints well i mean my thought was if um all these parts were like cut off which is Mm -hmm. super disturbing and it was a lot of like having to do with the identity of this woman but the fingerprints weren't like the the sort of finger pads like cut off Mm. yeah to sort of like not leave evidence to identify her behind i'm not sure if the perpetrator even thought about fingerprints because people didn't keep records at the time i think True, sure. mostly of the like suspects. I think like if you're yeah, convicted exactly. criminal, Not that's the victim. true. Right. Mm. 
He was thinking more of identifying the person by their looks. Okay, um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but before we get into the details now of the crime scene, the investigation, all that, let me introduce you to today's celebrity police officer, <laughs> Philip Chan. <laughs> okay. I yes. don't want to make a presumption, but the last name Chan? <laughs> yes, it's quite a funny coincidence. He's not related to Jackie Chan. I didn't but, think so. Yeah, and I'm not trying to be funny here with celebrity police officer. This guy is a household name in Hong Kong with his IMDB page and his own Wikipedia page in eight languages. What? Yes. He's, no way. So his actual Chinese or yeah, Cantonese name is uh, Chan, Chan Yankin. Yang, okay. I'm not sure. Guys, I don't speak Cantonese. I'm going to do my best. But uh, his English name is Philip. So Philip Chan Yankin. Yes. Okay. So Wikipedia says he is a film director, actor, producer, screenwriter, singer, and company manager. Okay. So he, he used to act in a lot of police drama as well. And he, <laughs> that's so fitting, though. Wow. <laughs> he hosts. I mean, that's, that's why I think he got into it in the first this, place. Because he had this experience. Background. Yeah, yeah. So he also hosts a lot of, you know, galas and events. You know, when there's these singing shows or whatever shows on TV. Right. So let me tell you a bit about Philip. Mm-hmm. He was born in 1948, uh, sorry, 1945, making him 78 years old now, uh, in Wangkok. So this was his, his, his hood. area. Yeah. It was... So, Philip... What? I was just going to quote a vine, but I feel like I'm going <laughs> to quote that, like, do something like that every time. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, then it just doesn't hit as well. So I'm just gonna... Okay, well, I think everybody wants to know, though, what vine you want to quote, so. Okay, so there's this vine that's like, this is your space, this is your area. She can't do that here. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I completely miss that phase in culture, well, I don't know, in culture, well, so... Well, <laughs> I, I got into it late because neither did I, because like yeah. we grew up very similarly in the same space so this all came yes. like in the last couple of years <laughs> when vine rest in peace already like didn't exist anymore and so, you were just looking at compilations on yeah, youtube yeah exactly <laughs> so that's the first thing that popped in my head this is your space this is your area <laughs> yeah so this was philip's space for sure and <laughs> um continue yeah uh and philip he always had a passion for the arts and he was already and this was apparent in his teens already when he was the lead singer of the astronauts so a wordplay on astronauts that's amazing um, <laughs> uh, it was the first all chinese college pop group that sang in english that kind of makes me think of like uh, pitch perfect with like college a cappella groups <laughs> that's cool yeah so the college i'm referring to here though is not the u.s college university yeah, but yeah. the british version oh, so the yeah, one yeah. the school you go to before university right um so he was still in his teens and basically he was preparing for a university and when he graduated from college his grades weren't good enough for hong kong university 
But he saw that his relative, who was a police officer, seemed to be doing pretty well. So he applied to be an officer instead. Okay, so he'd always had this interest, but Mm -hmm. sort of did something completely unrelated to that. And then later kind of went with his interests again into like exactly. the entertainment industry okay yes well that's and i'll cool. let you know a bit about that as well just because it's so fascinating to have this yeah celebrity so <laughs> lead this investigate he was actually leading this investigation so Damn, okay it's crazy anyway here's a photo of philip uh it's, you sent me yes i sent you okay so on the left is like left is police philip so it's like during right an investigation okay yeah i'll actually tell you what i think this picture is from because that's when he kind of really rose to fame in the first place as a police officer was this sort of the case that catapulted him into the more public eye or i think so okay so this picture on the left which we'll post on instagram um where you see philip young philip being interviewed on the streets so in 65 though before we get to the picture in 1965 he joined the police force first as this intern and later he was known as the singing inspector because of course his passion for the arts still kind of um leaked or got i don't know bleed it through or something you're right okay so this he this case just bringing mm-hmm. it back to that for a second, this was like he was already experienced. Like he wasn't a newbie. He was like yes. almost ten years into his career. Exactly. So okay. he was already yeah. Otherwise, I guess he wouldn't have led an investigation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. He already rose in the ranks and was already nearing the end of his career in the police. But so in the earlier days, he was also kind of known on TV because he wrote the lyrics for a children's song promoting road safety and he sang it on tv that's so, so they know cute. him as you know the singing inspector <laughs> that's is. really cute and it is it just it really meshed both of his like interests together mm-hmm. just yeah. really cute <laughs> yeah so but he didn't just sing uh so in the 10 years at the police force he quickly rose through the ranks and became the superintendent of police Damn. in 1975 okay Three months before the current case at Great Wall Mansions in May 74, the first ever armed bank robbery took place in Hong Kong with 11 hostages. Oh, wow. At that time, Philip was the main kind of guy on the scene, sort of directing everybody at this bank heist hostage situation. And because it was, you know, a live um, thing happening. Right, live broadcast, basically. Yeah, reporters on the scene, everyone doing it live. And he was also the kind of spokesperson for the police at that time. So that's when, you know, I think where this picture is from. And that case was solved successfully. And uh, yeah, so there were quite a few high profile cases, including this one. So a year after this case, in 1975, he was invited to write a detective movie about international drug trafficking. And that movie was a huge success. It was like he, a Hong Kong box office hit. They asked him to write it? Yeah, I'm not sure if he was like mainly the main writer or whether he was co-writing it and giving kind of his police expertise on it. And with that, he realized he did have a chance in the arts after all. 
and quit the police in 76. Yeah, so he, he would end up, you know, acting in police dramas, movies, and doing all sorts. And point of the matter, why I'm explaining all of this to yeah. you is just so you know that at the point of this investigation, he had just solved that, you know, hostage situation, and he was already like a well-known figure, like a famous police officer How in Hong Kong. How long was the bank robbery before this? Three months. Oh, damn, Okay. Yeah, so, so it was like, like new still, in everyone's memories. Yeah, so it was still sort of the talk of the town with this, and then this happened like right in succession, kind of. Exactly. Okay. Yes. So that's why I'm telling you all this, <laughs> not just to promote him. Yeah, but, but it's also um, just super interesting because it's not something you is, see in every case is. where like no. the investigator is also part of the reason why it like really blew up. And you're going to see later on as well, but there are like parts of this case where it would never happen today like police procedure wise they would not do it like this okay. it seems like it seems a bit of course this is real life so you know um i guess what i'm trying to say is that there are some things that makes it seem like a movie in a sense okay and yeah just this being a celebrity police officer as well adds to that but i do have this description that he um has remembering thinking back to when they discovered or went to the crime scene for the first time mm -hmm. so yeah so he says when i went into the room i saw the white blanket and there were some stains but it wasn't blood i wasn't sure what it was you know i took open or i lifted the blanket and i saw such a tiny skinny person and she looked kind of like a clown and not saying like not you know a western clown but in sort of uh peking opera oh right there's this clown role where they have kind of a white center on their face so around the eyes yeah, and the no, nose yeah. there's this kind of white bit and that's the clown role jester role in a sense because her eyebrows her nose her breast area it was all just white completely white spots and Wait, what was scary white, was that it looked like what white spots like, not like spot, spot, spots, but like the area was completely white. It wasn't, you know, skin color or blood. It was just white. What part? The parts that were taken off, like the eyebrows, the nose, the breasts. Oh. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what was scary was that it seemed like she was smiling at me. And when I look closely, I see that her lips had been cut off. And that's why her teeth were showing. Oh. And her hair was completely sort of cut in, in a chaotic way and she looked like this terrifying scarecrow oh yeah and at the time i didn't understand why there were parts of her body that were just white and later i found out it's after a person dies for a while and they're just lying there and their blood isn't pumping blood anymore uh, their heart isn't pumping blood anymore the blood doesn't flow to the skin right makes sense so after death um the blood doesn't flow anymore right. so when someone then kind of removes her skin there's no bl blood right? right and it just kind of looks like you know pieces of um i guess meat you can buy you know those slices they kind of seem white right uh, yeah and that it was so so horrifying and he, he also says that like he cannot unsee that image like he always sees no, her I face if he thinks back he can see it so clearly in front of him but and he says the only yeah. good thing about that is mm -hmm. that it 
shows very clearly that this the the flesh was removed post mortem. Yes. So sh- it wasn't yes. like torture. No, while definitely she was that's, alive. that's that's the, the only, only good fortunate thing. bit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So back to the Great Wall Mansions on August fifteen. At this point, you know, seeing the body, the police knew this is not a typical just murder case. And clearly, yeah. Um, yeah, their main suspect was probably the other hotel guest. So they just have to find out who she had the room with. Okay, but... And of course, the identity of the victim. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, though. I mean, so love hotels, I mean, they're legitimate, but are they going to keep really records of who? Because they, they, they're more... Are they more like by the hour sort of payment? Yeah, I think you can get like by the hour or a few hours, like maybe up to five six hours yeah and but you're you're right huh yeah because no i'm kind of thinking about yes. like what i know from love hotels in japan where a lot of them there's actually very little contact with mm. sort of like a concierge or someone behind like the front desk in like a regular mm-hmm. hotel where you need to sort of leave sort of like there's some way of contacting you yeah you or have just, to register they you scan have to your be passport registered. yeah so there yeah. there is that procedure but from what i've seen sort of in a lot of mm-hmm. videos because it's a very interesting wait not personal experience no <laughs> believe it or not not personal experience with love hotels but there's okay. a lot of them where they're they cut out like human interaction almost mm-hmm. like completely yeah. where it's like vending machine or, like, you can't see the face of whoever you're interacting with. Just anonymity, right? Yeah, there's that that veil of anonymity. So I'm just guessing that it, it would be sort of very similar in Hong Kong as well. Yeah, no, it, it was exactly like that. So um, but before we get to that, so the crime scene itself, it had no clues. It was super clean. They couldn't find any fingerprints. And apart from a bra, which they found in the closet... All of the victim's belongings were gone, so they had no way of identifying who she was. Um, but anyway, they didn't find anything else. They did suspect that, okay, maybe the body parts were flushed on the toilet. Oh, the skin? Yeah, yeah. They were hoping to find it, right? So then maybe they could identify the victim if they piece it back together. Oh, have like a face. God, it's like so, the worst puzzle imaginable. Yeah, no, definitely. Um... So they got someone to kind of open the sewage pipes to search it and they could not find anything. So with no luck at the scene, they direct their efforts to questioning the hotel staff Mm. and to see if they remember anything about the guests. So it turns out um, these two were regulars and the hotel staff. Oh, that's. Yeah, they, they remember these people because they've been visiting this hotel for almost a year now and weekly pretty much so it's it used to start every week once and recently it's been like every two weeks ish that's interesting Mm -hmm. because that means it's not just a sort of crime of opportunity but like that means there was an actual like somewhat of a relationship between like the victim and the perpetrator yes and it's very odd because there's all these sort of interactions with them that were completely normal or Mm -hmm. like assuming normal not knowing anything else 
So what changed that one time? Yeah, and but you know, it is the case that most um, murderers are people you know, right? So it's more likely. That's true, but usually, I mean, you'd think that like there's some sort of trigger. Like it, it's usually it yeah, wouldn't they, be just very we'll random. We'll get to it. Okay. I just want we'll to know. I just yeah. want to know: is this cold or is this soft? It is soft. Okay. So okay. we will know. Okay. Good. So yeah, last episode I told you this was that's not a true. cold case. That's true. Yes. Yeah. And I was um, relieved because yeah. mine wasn't. Yeah, because right. we were. <laughs> yours was a very cold case. Um, yeah. So Mrs. Huang, the person who actually checked the couple in, had the following to say. So at around 1.30 in the morning, so in the middle of the night, mm -hmm. the victim and her supposed boyfriend or the male partner got a room at the hotel. Mm -hmm. So they were regulars and they had been coming um, pretty much every week. So yeah, she recognized them and they typically always gave them the same room as long as it was empty. Mm-hmm. And from the looks, the man looked like he was about 40 years old. He was 5 feet 8 inches. So Can like you your height? That? I don't know. <laughs> Roughly, I think. Maybe. Wait, 5'8". 172.7". Yeah, pretty much. It just, it helps me visualize it. Like knowing mm, yeah. roughly, like roughly someone your height, male, mm. roughly 40s. Yes. Okay. So... She said that he was kind of, you know, well-built. He looked a little intimidating, but he was very polite. And he did say his name was Long, the surname Long. Um, but yeah. L-E-N-G? Uh, L-E-O-N-G. L-E-O-N-G, okay. Yeah, or L-O-E-N-G, I'm not really sure. One of those spellings. Okay, okay. Um, but he was, and he was wearing this Hawaiian shirt. Oh. That's what she remembered. Okay. And the woman was about 30 years old, and she was always in heavy makeup when she came, and always had a cigarette in her hands. And, okay. Yeah, and she was pretty sure that the woman was a sex worker. Oh, okay. Well, that's a long relationship with it, if it is very regular arrangement with a sex worker. Yeah, so basically these hotels are usually used by either people who are having an affair, mm. or you know, for sex workers and their clients. And based on just her, Mrs. Huang's experience, she thought that the woman was probably a sex worker. Okay. So anyway, um, they got their typical room, room five. And at 6 a.m. that morning, the man leaves the room with two kind of plastic bags and says he needs to leave oh. now because he has to go to work. And then, you know, makes the request about waking up the lady at 11. Okay, so the plastic bags, they were new. Like, they didn't arrive with She didn't when really came. remember that. No, she didn't mention. She just said he came out. He was leaving with, like, some bags. Um, okay. I don't know if yeah, you know so... this, but do you know if it was normal for, like, one of them to leave first? Or if they usually no, then I don't left know together? That. Okay, that'd be interesting to know. If this was, like, out of the ordinary. Anyway, the man leaves the room right yeah so he tells mrs huang oh please wake up my lady partner at 11 and so he goes out of the door mm -hmm. but then he comes right back in and heads to the room again as if he forgot something pretty much okay 
So he gets in the room again, and then he, after a few moments, he comes back out, and he checks to make sure the door was locked multiple times. He was seen doing this? Yes. Okay. So he was basically making sure, oh, it's locked, it's locked, and then in hindsight, Mrs. Huang thinks that he came back to just double-check the door was locked. Okay. So that going back in was a ruse to be able to check the door again. Mm. Like he wasn't, he didn't actually forget anything, but it doesn't matter, whatever. So she noticed that basically. Um, and now going to the hotel records, which Julia uh, very, whatchamacallit, intelligently, Thank I guess, you. mentioned earlier that people probably didn't really tell the truth yeah, in these records their real names yeah like we said earlier because people go there and they really want anonymity so typically they would register or just write down a fake name yeah especially if they're having so an that, affair yeah um anyway that was a dead end the police they expected that but you know still have to double check right mm. so you'll notice that the police in this case really did everything in their power tried, to yeah. find the guy yeah they, they were really like onto it so, yes, but like we said earlier, they were regulars, right? So people, the hotel staff have seen these people many times every week, right? So they were able to kind of piece together how they looked. Did they get so, like a sketch artist? So that's the interesting thing. I'll send you the pictures and they really look like, you know, these. I used to have these as a kid because I was so into detective yeah. and spy stuff, right? Um, this kit with where you basically have different eyes different mouths oh. mouth, uh, mouths nose and all that that's so scary you piece them together like in a row right so another of the weirdest go one like, by one. puzzles ever no but this is not weird it was normal you go through different types of eye shapes or mouth shapes and then you oh yeah that's that's the one and you have this picture of a person yeah it might have been like that because it kind of looked really similar to the to the kid i had but um I'll send you the pictures. Let me just grab them for you. I mean, that's not what um, they use in this case, but that reminds me that whenever I hear about somebody giving a description of a person to a sketch artist, I'm always super impressed, especially like, I mean, if it comes mm -hmm. out looking like the person, because I, I've thought about it. Like if it was me having to describe someone, I yeah. wouldn't be able to do that. The same kind of thing with the cars and, yeah. you know. We, yeah, we would not be good at that. Uh, I sent you the picture. On I saw it. So yeah, I'm seeing it right now. Yeah, so basically they had a bunch of the hotel staff go to the station and that's what they pieced together, which is just this man, regular looking man, I suppose. Regular, like, middle-aged Asian man. Yeah. Looking. No, so it's not a very distinct mm. picture, but it's all that they had. And yeah, so their only hope was still to maybe find the removed skin bits to kind of piece together how the victim looked because right now they still don't know who she is. So now we move on to two days later. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I believe that this uh, picture I sent you, so it's it's from a newspaper clipping that they pretty much sent this out as soon as possible. Of course. So. By August 17th, so two days later, the police have now... They shut the hotel down for two days. And uh, they're going to have to reopen the crime scene soon for like the hotel to right. use as a hotel. Right. 
So at this point, all they had was this sketch. It's published now in all major newspapers. So they were starting to get tips from citizens. And uh, immediately they got a lot of calls from people who said, oh, I know this person, it's this, this guy or that guy. Or they call and say, oh, I just saw this person on this street. So the police, they investigate mm. yeah. all of the leads they get, but they all end up to, well, uh, turning, to, turning out to be false alarms or just pranks. That's the thing with tips, right? Like as soon as you invite a bunch of people to like call in with information, it's kind of iffy. Mm-hmm. Like, because you're going to mostly get duds, especially with something so generic as that sketch. Like if there's some very sort of... Um, memorable feature okay but Mm. like there's nothing that makes the drawing of the man stand out yeah well in the articles they also do mention the height and kind of how this person spilled they also say he had like a specific dialect or accent so it wasn't just this one picture they were going off of okay that's a bit more yeah so there was a bit more info but you know all the leads they ended up getting were kind of were not real not surprised uh however the police as they were running out of leads and everything was a false alarm they get another call okay uh, it's on the 17th so the same day as this sketch was made public mm-hmm. in the evening i think it was so the caller introduces himself as the black wild wolf what i'm just gonna call him the black wolf because all wolves should be wild uh and he asks to speak with Philip because he has a major lead about the case. Okay, wait, was it public already that it was like Philip in charge of the investigation? Um, I'm not sure if it's public, but everybody knows the Moncock police is investigating. Right. So I think they know it's him. Maybe it's like he's just a very, um, he's known. So it's like, oh, I want to talk to this person. And it's like one yeah, that you yeah. could know if you followed the media. Okay. Yes. So that's why I also told you why he was... We had a famous guy on the case because this black wolf guy wants to speak with him. This is um, very intriguing. Like you said, very sort of movie-like. Yeah, it's super dramatic. And it only goes up from here. (laughs) Especially because in most cases, Mm -hmm. something like that would not happen two days later like immediately after a sketch was released that would not happen no and just calling himself the black wolf it's just all very weird but at the time philip was not at the station so the black wolf (laughs) sorry call back later left him a message (laughs) oh no even worse hi this is philip chan i'm not able to come to the phone right now please leave a message after the tone not a voicemail not a voicemail basically he said my name is black wild (laughs) no so it's actually kind of funny i think the the police officer who took the call was like just another uh crazy dude weirdo who wants to do a prank or i don't know has too much time on his hands and he didn't really take it seriously but he still, you know, it's protocol. He did his job and he wrote down the note oh, uh, so or the like, message. Can I leave a message for Mr. Chen? Yeah, please? yeah. They're like, okay, what's your name, here. sir? Black Wild Wolf. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sure. I'll write that down. Yeah. That's even, that's, I don't know what's worse is leaving a message for like through someone else, like mm-hmm. having someone else write that down 
and knowing that he said all this to someone else to write down to give as a message to Chen or leaving behind a voicemail I think they're both insanely hilarious to think about <laughs> because it it's like this person wanted that like dramatic movie yeah. effect but didn't get it because of real life <laughs> because real life is not like yeah, a movie like that exactly is it just led to this comedic kind of scene where yeah. he didn't get what he wanted but the the police was like yeah what do you want and okay fine okay Tell what Philip was the message this he says go back to room five and check the air conditioner there are the 12 things you're looking for Oh, so the 12 removed pieces of skin. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, okay. He left the police officer that note, and then that was the call. So, so it has Philip, to be the, be the perpetrator. Very likely, <laughs> yes. So, or, or someone who knows the perpetrator, right? If he kind of told him. Right, but, but that would mean confessing, which puts the perpetrator in danger potentially yes so my my guess right now is it's the actual dude yeah and it'd be funny if it was an anonymous person who called with a tip like an actual tip just call me the black wild wolf (laughs) or if it's like a rando it's like i'm gonna like give them this false lead and say huh look Mm -hmm. in the air conditioner and then actually (laughs) the stuff is in the air conditioner (laughs) that dude would be like oh shit i'm suspicious now (laughs) why did i do that that's true yeah i was gonna say psychic but also very suspicious well um um, was it do you i mean maybe you know but maybe you don't do you know if it was made public about the like missing pieces of skin the missing parts were public yes and so it was possible to know how many it was uh i think so I'm not, so it's I have not to check out the articles, of the realm but... of possibility that maybe it was just somebody else. From my experience in Hong Kong, like pretty much every single room like has an air conditioner. Yeah. So I'm still guessing it's the perp because you said that like this is super dramatic and movie-like. Mm-hmm. But it's not out of the realm of possibility to think, okay, this could just be a random person making a prank call or someone who's seen too many movies going like have you checked the ac (laughs) yeah no but um it's not known yeah in the um like the public doesn't know that they didn't check the ac yeah but i mean the perp wouldn't have either well unless it's like oh if they had the skin then they would know who the victim was by now yeah or like they would have said they found it i think it was all reported in the media the media was crazy back then like i'll get to that a bit as well but um they reported everything like they okay, were well maybe i'm i'm putting too much of current investigation like mm. police investigation methods onto that time yeah. but i mean at this like now i think they would specifically hold pieces of information back to know mm. that if somebody came to them with some information it's definitely not known mm. so it would have to be someone involved yeah, or I mean, I don't even know if it's the police telling the media about this or just gossip going around. But yeah, yeah they... Um, yes, so Philip does receive the note about this AC tip from the Black Wolf. And he thinks... So his gut tells him, hmm, there could be something to it because we checked everywhere in the room, but we didn't check the AC. Mm-hmm. So 
even though you know they were gonna release the room to the hotel soon he's like no we gotta check it now it's our last chance so he gets a team and they go to the great wall mansions and first they you know they just kind of open up the ac lid to look inside mm. there was nothing there so maybe some people already thought ah it's just another prank call but then philip he felt like no there has to be something like I, I feel good about this so he then gets people to completely remove the ac from the wall and as they took it kind of off from the walls they see in the wall cracks there are pieces of skin okay but if they required people to do this mm-hmm. then how would the the perpetrator have gotten that like those pieces of skin there I'm not sure, to be honest, but maybe he just kind of lifted it up a bit, like kind of lifted it away from the wall and just squeezed it in, sort of. But they basically saw it when they tried to kind of remove the complete AC from the wall. And yeah, they described that it was like all dried up and kind of looked like orange, dried orange peels. Oh, geez. But yeah, Mm -hmm. I I had that thought earlier where like if if it gets separated from the body... Mm-hmm. then it's gonna start like it's obviously um exposed to the elements so it's mm-hmm. not gonna completely match the pieces like the the areas of the body where they're cut off from so mm-hmm. it's not gonna help them as much as they think with the well like, i guess identity you know they can still kind of make out so basically what happens is they do count it it's 12 pieces all of them are there and the pathologist ends up kind of soaking it in some kind of liquid to rehydrate the skin okay and then they were able to piece it back together to the victim and they created a sketch of the victim okay so the next morning on august 18 uh the newspapers published the victim's sketch but to the police's surprise one of the newspapers also published a provocative letter written by the self-proclaimed great wall killer black wolf Oh, no. (laughs) It's like, this is August 18th, three days after the murder. And he sends the newspaper a letter, basically kind of just um, talking shit about the police, saying he's making fun of them for being useless. He says, ha, I left so many clues for them, but they still can't find me. Ha, ha, ha. And that was pretty much it. Like, there was nothing interesting about the clues-wise about the the letter he sent in but yeah (laughs) that's so such a weird move Mm -hmm. it's just very strange and i i do want to talk about this in a a bit later at the very end but um we'll just kind of rush through a bit here because the police actually don't do anything about this they just kind of ignore him i suppose well like Uh, what would you do yeah like i mean they didn't send him a letter (laughs) they didn't send a reply basically (laughs) that's good that's good So the next day, August 19, in the early mornings, a woman in her 60s called Kay Suklan, something like that. I'm just going to refer to her as the woman, and a young girl walk into the police station. And the older woman states that the victim in the Great Wall Wall Mansion's murder could be her daughter. So the day before, she saw the picture in the newspaper and she says it looks very similar to her daughter. Uh, her daughter's name was Lao Fo Man, and mm-hmm. I'll just call her Lao. And she has been missing since the 15th, so the day of the murder. So that matches up? 
Okay. That matches up. So I will send girl? you. The little girl is um, the woman. Would be her daughter. Yes, it's the victim's daughter. Oh no. Yeah. Okay. Um, let me just send you a picture of the police sketch as well as a picture of Lao. Oh wow! Right, they did a that great is job. Super freaking accurate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they also didn't just go based on the you know the body. I think they, of course, had the hotel staff describe her. So if you see the pictures, the way she parts her hair ex- is exactly yeah. the same. Like the curls she has. Yeah. Also, very similar, especially with the quality sort of of the picture, mm-hmm. like that black and white. It it makes it hundred percent like the lighting. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, that's scary accurate. Yeah. So um, the police look at the photo of Lao and they yeah okay this is very similar. So they contact <laughs> yeah, that, okay. <laughs> yeah, they contact the the squad um philip's squad in uh Mongkok. and so the woman goes to check the body and she immediately says okay this is my daughter she can see it's the same scar from um laos c-section when she oh. gave birth to her daughter and because she smoked so much so she also had like yellow teeth or like the mm. between her teeth it was yellow and she saw okay it's exactly the same so yeah she identified her daughter and so Lao, she was 34 years old. She was uh, divorced and living with her mother and two daughters. Okay. And, and she was... What, hmm? Was she a sex worker like they assumed? Yeah, so she was the only one working in the family. So she was under a lot of financial pressure to provide. Right, of course. It didn't help that she had a gambling habit as well. So, um, yeah... Okay. It, they were not doing that well financially, so that's why she ended up working at a hair salon, but the type that kind of provided massages with happy endings. Okay. Um, so, sorry, How do you know how old the daughters were? Not really, but I think they were pretty young. I think one of them was the one who went to the uh, police with the grandma is a bit older, but I think the other one is even younger maybe like right i mean if she was she was 34 you said right yeah yeah they couldn't be too old i mean you never know but i'm not really sure how the daughters were um but yeah so the hair salon of course was just kind of a front or they provided haircuts as well but they had these women who were employed to wash hair for the guests or the customers and but then they were basically also the ones who provided the sex uh, services. Okay, so, so there's a lead. Yeah. I mean, they finally had the victim's identity. And uh, her mother did know about this, but she didn't really interfere. Like, even if she didn't like it, like, it was their only source of income. So, yeah, yeah it was sort of... And they were poor, basically, and that's all they had. Uh, but despite, you know, not doing so well financially, the the family was very close and they also got along really well with the neighbors. And the neighbors did describe Lao as, you know, just this really friendly, nice person. Um, so did they then next stop go to the quote unquote hair salon? Because mm-hmm. like if this person was a client, then there might be some lead or somebody who knows what he called himself. Yes. So... 
the police, they find out that she used to work at three different places. Oh, and her... at the same time or separately? Um, I think at least two at the same time. One of them okay. was maybe in the past, but yeah, I'm not really sure if it's all three at the same time, but I think two at the same time. But her name when she was working was Gamling, which means golden bell. That's very, that's a nice name. Yeah, it is. So before they looked into the um, the clients she had, they also looked into her family, her ex-husband, but they find out quickly like he was already remarried with uh, with a child as well and they didn't really have any contact for years. So yeah, they basically go through her family, friends, colleagues, and everybody seems to be, you know, clean and or had alibis or whatever. Right, the usual suspects. Kind yeah, of. so they did look into, you know, the closed circle first and determined that most likely the perpetrator was one of her clients. Uh, yeah, so fortunately, like you mentioned, the hair salons, they kept real information of the clients. So police went through like hundreds of these client cards and basically contacted or visited these people. And eventually, you know, they were able to narrow down Lao's clients to four people who were extremely suspicious. So I think these were the four people who kind of, they didn't reach. Well, yeah, because I was thinking, like, if they went to every one of them, yeah, that would obviously be kind of dangerous for them and put the perpetrator on high alert. If it's like, oh, crap, like, the, the police is at my door, kind of. But at the same time, not, like, letting himself be contacted also makes him more suspicious. Yeah, I guess they they basically just had their protocol their procedure and they contacted everyone and for people who they could reach they kind of you know asked about alibis or whatever and anyway they had four main suspects mm -hmm. and one of those people was a man called Leung Siu Ping mm -hmm. so the same last name as remembered by Mrs. Huang from the Love Hotel okay that's good yeah so they um like they weren't sure it was this guy yet of course it doesn't say in the articles, but maybe they had four suspects who had the same last name. So it might not even be the name that only the name that stood out. But plus, it could be a fake name that he used. At the yeah, exactly. Hotel. Yeah. So it was just a suspicion. And but they couldn't reach this person by phone. So they were went to look at his address or they basically visited the address he had registered at the hair salon. So I'm not really sure if this is accurate, but I read that they went on the same night at 11.30 p.m. So first okay. of all, this is already a bit unusual nowadays for the police to like yeah. visit at such an hour. They were definitely working overtime, but they did not find Long there. Instead, they see a man in his 60s or a man in his 60s opens the door. Okay. Yeah. So police say, you know, they're there for a man called Long Ping. Because he might be involved in a murder. And then the man who opened the door, he was shocked. He's like, oh, that's my nephew. But he left this place, this address ages ago. And we don't really have any contact with him anymore. Oh, okay. So now I have a little section where it's quoted by Philip. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to tell you what he said about this visit. Mm -hmm. So he says, yeah, the other police officers, you know, they were kind of recording the witnesses or the, the person's testimony and we had, the TV was on and there was this show and 
when the um, when the show was over, we finished the taking the records, the notes. So as I was getting ready to leave with my colleague, I suddenly have this weird feeling and it kind of compelled me to just stop. I've never felt it before, but I just, something made me just stop. And I just kind of took in the room again. I looked around the room and I see a bed, like a double bed sort of. At the bo- bottom bunk, there were two little kids oh, sleeping. Oh, so a bunk bed. Yeah. Because um, a double bed is something different. No, yeah, no, sorry. A bunk bed. <laughs> Uh, yeah, at the bottom bunk, there were two little kids sleeping. And at the upper bunk, there was this brown leather suitcase. Okay. And my, I was just basically, I find myself staring at the suitcase. And I just asked the uncle, um, what's that over there? And the uncle said, oh, that's not mine. Um, I, I don't know what it's in it, blah, blah. He, he seemed a little bit, you know, fidgety, agitated. And Mm -hmm. so Philip says, can I, like, can we open it? And he said, oh, it's not mine. I don't even have the key to it. And the police officer asks, is this your nephew's? And he's like, yeah, it's my nephew's, but I don't have the key, so I can't open it. So now another point where the police do something that they would probably not be able to do right now, but they... They break into it? Yeah, they just grab it and then they freaking... Yeah, I know uh, that they would, not be able, <laughs> they would not be able to do that. <laughs> no. So, yeah, they basically grab it, they open it by force, and they find um, the victim's clothes, her ID, as well as Lung's ID, I think. So the victim and the perpetrator's suspect's ID, and a Ooh. photo of the victim with a man. So uh, the uncle confirms, yeah, that's my nephew's photo. <laughs> that's my nephew. In that picture, and... So basically everything they needed, like, wrapped up in a pretty little package with, like, a bow on top. Literally just... exactly. Gift-wrapped. Gift-wrapped. And, you know, it's interesting because it it was kind of just on this bunk bed in a different room, I think. But he kind of walked past it, and then for some reason, he felt compelled to stop and look at it. So that's very, like, movie... Very, very movie, yes. Very intuitively, he kind of, yeah. Yeah. So was the uncle lying, like, that he hadn't really had contact with his nephew? Yes, yes. Okay. So just as, you know, the police were like, hmm, we found some gold here, the phone rings. Okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay, okay. And okay. now, another moment of police drama that would not happen nowadays... Philip immediately thinks this has to be Long. This has to be him. He secretly removes the bullets from his gun, then points it at the uncle, saying... <laughs> oh, whoa. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So he says, I kind of, you know, was a bit... Uh, used, used some dirty words, swore a bit, and said, you know, if it's your nephew, uh, pick it up. Don't say the police is here. If Basically it's nephew, threatening him to co- cooperate in this. Yeah, yeah, he's saying, like, exactly. If it's your nephew calling and saying he's con- going to come to pick up these things, you're going to let him come here and, you know, no, don't tip him off. Don't, yeah. Or I'm going to shoot you. That, yeah, it would not <laughs> be right or allowed in any way. But yeah. it is badass if you think about it as, like, a movie. Yes. <laughs> but... <laughs> This guy, I mean, this whole case is so dramatic. But um, so the uncle picks up 
And then at first he's just kind of muttering around, doesn't know what to do. And at the same time, I think the police were like taking down the phone number that was calling, oh, you, you know, trying to check it. They could tell? No, I think it had like a caller ID, right? Like it might have okay. said, I'm not really sure, but basically they were trying to. Because I was thinking of some one of those like rotary phones. Oh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But it, there had to be something, apparently. There had to be something, yeah. But, um, and then suddenly, though, the uncle, after muttering a bit, he says, run away, the police are here. And, <sighs> yeah. Super dramatic. Super dramatic. Okay. But, um, of course, you know, the, the little gun ruse didn't work. And, oh, yeah, it wasn't loaded anyway, so it was just a kind of a threat. But... The police did find where the phone came from, so I I think there might have been a caller ID, and they kind of wrote it down, and they were able to find okay this was from this place, and yeah that was like the only clue they got from this uh, call, but they knew they had their guy. This was the per person who yeah, murdered. But Lau. since he's now tipped off, like he would leave wherever he was. Yeah, so that's the difficult bit, right? So they had they knew who it was, but. Hong Kong is huge. There's so, I mean, it isn't huge, but there's so many people. Did this basically start a manhunt for this dude? Um, no. I mean, maybe it did, uh, but... that's That was what I would have imagined next in my movie. I mean, I'm sure they were looking for him, so there probably was a manhunt for him, but... Or like when they, you know, found out where the phone call came from, they kind of rushed over, but he wasn't there anymore. Of course. So, yeah, they were pretty much left clueless. I mean, they had a clue. They knew who it was, but... That's it. But not as to his whereabouts. Exactly. So as far as we are aware, nothing really happens investigation-wise. So this was on the 19th, right? Yeah. Like all of this happened like the... I'm not sure, Within like to be honest. five days so far-ish. This is... Yeah, pretty much. And on that morning, they found out who the woman was. Like in the early mornings, the, mo- the mother came and they knew, okay, that's our victim. Then they went to the hair salons. That's also the part that makes it seem like a movie because investigations don't move that quickly. Nowadays or usually, yeah. But they were just, you know, on it. And by 11.30 p.m. that night, they were at the uncle's place. But anyway, then we do a three-day time jump, August 22nd. Mm -hmm. At around 8 a.m. that morning... Um, the funeral of Lao Fo Man took place. And the mother was not present. There's this phrase in Chinese where you say, like, the white-haired person does not send off the black-haired person. I'm sure there's a way more poetic way to phrase it, but... Oh, so basically, like, the elder, which technically, like, should have passed first, first. like, shouldn't um, send off someone that like died before their time kind of yeah or some people they don't do it i'm not sure like if it differs by area or something but when this happens like a child dies before their parent the phrase is called the white haired person sending off the black haired person but yeah anyway so it is it's a terrible thing like mm. a parent like losing their child so i kind of get it but at the same time it's devastating like definitely devastating for the mom to not be able to be I don't know if it's daughter's funeral. No, no, no. I don't to be honest, I don't think it's because she was forbidden to do it. I think No, she, she basically I, I don't but sort of there being this tradition. But 
I, I don't know if it's a tradition. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just saying okay. that like one of the articles said, yeah, maybe it was like an excuse for you are allowed to not go like it's not frowned upon if you don't go just because right. it's so devastating for you right so i think if she wanted to she could have gone gone but anyway just it's not important she just wasn't there ignore that part so <laughs> the mother wasn't at the funeral yeah. so the mom wasn't there and there were around 10 people you know just family members and it was a i think this is cultural or traditional though like if the person died because of some kind of, you know, just not natural, violent... Like traumatic experience? Yeah, like murder, basically. They don't do, like, a very long ceremony. They do it very quickly okay. because it's not supposed to have happened, in a sense. Mm. Like, it wasn't the natural okay. order of things. So this ceremony was very quick, 15 minutes-ish. Jeez, that's way quicker than I thought. <laughs> yeah. No, and... Unfortunately, like the 12 pieces that were cut off were still at the police station, kept as evidence. Mm. So her body was still, you know, the way was found right after the murder. So it was mutilated. So she wasn't cremated? No, she was. But there's usually a ceremony before the cremation. This was right before the cremation. They do a ceremony and then they send her off on the car that brings her to the cremation place. Oh, okay. Yeah, what I told you about earlier with the journalists, media going crazy... So they were at the funeral taking pictures of her corpse. I was I was questioning that because he said it was a small funeral. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, so I guess they kept it private and like the media wasn't there. But no, they okay, were. Okay, <laughs> so the actual funeral should have only been these like close family members, but the media kind of like, yeah, kind of um, pushed their way in. Okay. Exactly, and it was in the news, like her freaking mutated That's face. So horrible. Yeah, it's awful. And yeah, so of course the family was devastated and, you know, all crying. And something interesting happens here. When the ceremony was Mm -hmm. finished, before kind of, I'm not sure if it was when, you know, each person still went up to the coffin, when it was closed to kind of just, you know, do say a few words or something. Before it gets put into the car, her younger brother does something interesting. When he goes close to the coffin, he grabs a knife from someone in, on his body, mutters a few words, and he jumps up and with his full body weight, pierces the knife into the coffin. What the fuck? <laughs> Very dramatic. And then that's how the coffin went into the car that transported her to the cremation place with a knife stuck in it. What the fuck? And, yes. So let me tell you why he did it. Okay. What this yes, was, please. it's kind of a rich, like a spell called, I, I'm going to say it in Mandarin because, yeah. Pi guan xiong. So basically chopping the coffin to chase the murderer. <laughs> and what it supposedly does okay. is turns the soul of the victim into a malicious spirit to enact revenge. Okay. Interesting. So basically, so the brother basically did a little spell ritual thing so that his sister becomes this evil spirit to hunt down the murderer. So was this like very accepted or like, because yeah, it seemed so. like he kind of like hid it until like the last possible moment. Yeah, but I think it's more for, you know, ended on a dramatic note. I suppose, like, you don't want to do it in the beginning when, out of respect, I guess. Because once you do that, it supposedly turns your spirit to this malicious 
ghost. Okay. So they still had the ceremony before. I'm I'm just assuming here, but that's what I'm guessing. Mm. So yeah, this happens, and so I'm not really sure with the timeline here. Mm-hmm. This might have been on the next day when the police, or, or on the same day. I'm sorry. So this funeral takes place in the morning at 8 a.m. Right? Yeah. So. I'm not exactly sure when the police is informed about this or whatever, but the night before, on August 21st, in the evening at 6 p.m., people see a man stumbling across some construction site with a wounded head, and he was also bleeding from his nose, and he was basically walking around really a bit Jack Sparrow-ish, Captain Jack Sparrow-ish. Okay, so kind of like... um maybe like concussed and just like not maybe yeah so definitely they think he might be either drunk or on drugs because he was also just muttering to himself and he walks past a store uh, and talks to the clerk who is kind of sitting or standing by the entrance and he keeps saying do you see that woman like do you see see that woman over there like lady lao lady lao so it was like he was seeing her spirit yes maybe so there's this man seeing a woman who was not there. Yeah. So anyway, the clerk ignores the strange man and just sees him walking along, muttering to himself. He then like falls to the ground and but he's not, you know, unconscious. He keeps just muttering. And at the same time a patrol officer sees the man, so comes over and you know tries to help, checks on him. And then he screams like there's a ghost. Do you see that woman? And then he just, you know, keeps muttering like lady lao. I, I say lady, but it's basically kind of miss Lao-ish or... Right, right, right. Um, There's no exact translation for it, but that's just what he called her, I suppose. And the police officer's like, did you drink too much? And he's like, oh, I just had two beers. I had two beers. They were really, really blah, blah. And he just was very weird. And the officer sees that he's also injured, so officers take him to the hospital. And he asks... The officer asks about the man's name, address, but he doesn't really answer and just keeps on muttering like, oh, Miss Lao, Miss Lao... Um, yeah, so the man gets sent to the hospital and his injuries were pretty severe. So the doctor says, okay, he needs to get stitches and stuff. So they went into like the, I'm not sure if it's the operating room, but basically to get it done. Mm-hmm. And the man was completely sort of like he was awake at the time. It wasn't yeah, unconscious. Yeah, but not coherent. Yes. Um, so was um were the injuries in a way that kind of obscured his appearance i'm not sure but i don't think so okay so people just weren't paying close attention i mean he to be fair he didn't really look like the sketch (laughs) oh so the sketch kind of got it wrong in his case in his so in the victim's case it was very similar, but I think in a lot of cases it's hard to kind of piece together. Yeah, like like, like we were saying. Yeah, like I didn't really find it to be similar. Okay, because I mean, mm. I I was just assuming this, but this is the dude. This is the dude. Yes. Yeah, it's very okay. straightforward this case, but this is the dude. Yeah. So yeah, I think like with a nurse or a doctor and um, the police was there as well, so they kind of just okay this is a weird dude maybe he yeah i read somewhere they did a toxicology report because they thought he might be on drugs but that was clean okay and they kind of want to figure out who this guy is right so they kind of search his belongings and he had some cash on him 
And then comes the weird stuff. Okay. So he has with him a newspaper clipping from August 20th with the title The Great Wall Mansion Killer Black Wolf. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they also notice in one of his pockets is like a photo and they look at it and it's a picture of the victim. <laughs> okay. And then and they like turn not that... not the sketch from like or no, the, no, no, the what they released photo. in the newspaper, but it, like something completely unrelated of her. Okay. Yes. Yeah. An okay. actual photo. And they turn around and they see a chilling letter. So it says on the, like a top left, it mm-hmm. says a uh, golden bell, so Gamling. Okay, so her her, her working is, name? Yeah, her, her working name. And then at the bottom, so this bit, I'm not so sure what it means. Um, it's a bit weird. And I, and I think there's no actual, like it's a bit weirdly phrased. And mm-hmm. people have interpretations of what it might mean. And it kind of says, wait, let me, let me just Google translate that. Because it, it's weird. <laughs> to me, it sounds like it has been turned into minced meat or sliced meat. Oh, oh. But I think, because it's Cantonese as well, so it's a bit different maybe. And people, like the articles, they kind of say it's like um, the meat has been cut off on someone's behalf. Or it's interpreted as, oh, they did something for the victims. It's a bit weird, but basically kind of has, way, has this connotation. I get kind of what direction you're going in, and it is chilling, like you said. Yes. And it's some kind of sort of expression of anger, basically. Um, so, of course, seeing all of that. Oh, and I do think they also found this kind of, much of it's a business card or just some other card with the name Long Siu Ping on it. So the the suspect's name. So they're That's like, hmm. Dumb. Yeah, that, so the police. <laughs> well, good, for, good on the uh, investigation side, but dumb. Yeah, like they didn't really have to even have pictures of the perpetrator, the suspect. Because the guy had everything on his body. So they immediately, of course, everybody knew about this case, right? It was huge. And they informed the police officers immediately, like the, the ones in charge, Philip and all. And yeah, so when uh, Long Xiuping wakes up the next morning, he sees officers standing next to him. He's very confused. Is he in handcuffs, like cuffed to the bed? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> Should be. He's like... Where's this place? Where am I? And he's very confused. And then that's when Philip says, you're at the hospital and we believe you are connected to the Great Wall Mansions case. Bum, and he goes bum, nuts. Bum. He tries to run away. But of course, he he just had an, like a little operation. See, that's why he should have been restrained. Yeah, no, don't worry. He didn't get away. He just attempted. But and they could have just made it so much easier for themselves. I don't know if that's allowed, even though they did do a lot of not allowed things, but... Either way, um, he had no choice. And that's when they find out who this guy is. So Leung Xiuping, he was a construction worker. And he ended up confessing, saying that, oh, so now I'm going to tell you what he says. But to be fair, like, it's just his side of the story. And I have no clue if this is, you know, what really happened. Not hearing about it. I'm just going to call, like, bullshit. (laughs) Yeah, or Tentatively finding bullshit? excuses and all that. So yeah. he says, it was not premeditated. You know, I was just so angry and I killed her by mistake. 
and he said, I, I loved her so much. And I proposed to her so many times, like proposed marriage to her. And she always had an excuse to kind of um, decline my proposal. And she was hot and then she was cold, you know, kind of uh, made it seem like she played around with his feelings. And but I spent so much money on her. And in the end, you know, so the last day where we had um, sex or the, basically the night of the murder, basically, mm-hmm. I think so at the point they had a lot of conflict. He was really persistent and she was not having, she didn't really want anything to do with him anymore, but it was, you know, she was still getting it, paid. It was so she still job. met up with him. Yeah. Yeah. It was her job. So in the end, um, I think towards the, like leading up to the murder, they had sort of maybe fights as well, or she didn't see him because of his personality or whatever, <laughs> of his actions. So that's why they met met up less frequently in the last few weeks. Okay. Um, remember, they say that uh, they used to come every yeah. week, but now it's just yeah. every two weeks. So anyway, that time he basically says, she told me she has a new boyfriend and that would have been our last night. And I was, you know, going to accept it. It was going to be fine. But then she makes fun of my abilities in bed. And I got so mad. I kind of just blacked out. And when I came to, I find her dead body lying next to me, strangled. And yeah, I don't remember killing her. Blah, blah. It was it was not on purpose. It was just all kind of a crime of passion. Yeah. That's his excuse. That's what he said happened. Um, Yeah, I repeat bullshit. Mm -hmm. May I say why? Yes, you may. Because he played with the police. Like, he wanted Mm. this attention. Like, he did not just, oh, God, I made a mistake. Like, I blacked out. I didn't know. Like, I didn't mean to. Mm -hmm. He, like, called the police saying like oh here's like where you're gonna find evidence like he he wanted like a cat and mouse game yeah so that's bullshit yes and like honestly what really gets me super pissed is when Mm -hmm. like because i was thinking this before i think i said in the very beginning like oh it's weird or it's unusual to have such a um long relationship with a sex worker because i feel Mm like the danger is that the longer you have a like sexual relationship Mm. um with like a sex worker the more likely it is for the one like paying for the the services to sort of get emotionally involved and Mm. that like it's similar to when you think that a um sort of like someone in the service industry is like flirting with you, even though they're literally just being nice to you because you pay them like to, I don't know, bring you food or Mm. like cash out your purchases or whatever. And like those people that are like, oh, this person was nice to me. They must have a crush on me. So I'm going to like pursue them. Even though this is literally just a job to people and they don't have any other choice because they need your Mm -hmm. business. Exactly. And in Lao's circumstances, right, she had to provide for her whole family yeah. as well. So, yeah, <laughs> she definitely needed the money. And that's just so unfortunate. So, of course, she, like, didn't accept the proposals. Like, this was, like, very likely just a job to her. Someone that regularly, like, 
paid her for her services and yeah like she obviously had to sort of do it gently in a way that wouldn't cause him to stop coming back to her service like mm-hmm. take uh, wanting her services so of course like she would seem kind of hot and cold because he's reading more into it yeah looking at it more like a relationship while she was yeah, like yeah, yeah okay, I can't accept it, but I need to, like, keep this client, basically. Exactly, yeah. And that shit pisses me off. <laughs> yes. No, I mean, it's... I, there's some articles I read, they said that he claimed she was... Um, she said, oh, I really want to marry with you, or according to him, not, you know... Of course, know according said, to him. According to him, she kind of said, oh, I do want to be with you, but... Um, I'm in debt because of the gambling habit I had. So I don't want to, you know, um, have you kind of have that burden as well. And then he helped her pay the debt. So he basically made himself seem like a really, you know, financially supportive dude. But anyway, we don't know what he was saying, whether it's true or not. But um, obviously from the way she behaved, like it seemed like she didn't really want to be with involved with him but needed the business like you said so yeah and i don't think she made fun of his um abilities in bed or anything and especially because he had to have a knife with him right he mutilated her body yeah so he definitely came went there with a knife so it had to be premeditated yeah, plus, again, like, this is her job, so she wasn't going to say something insulting to her client. Yeah, exactly. Like, who knows? Maybe he really went, you know, um, above board or, like, not above board. Like, he, he really went too far, and she maybe offended him somehow, but, like, so what? He killed her. And... Yeah. Um. Anyway, let me just finish up the story real quick. Yeah, go ahead. So, uh, <laughs> I just... Had a lot to say. <laughs> yeah, no. no, it's definitely infuriating, but it, it gets it gets a bit worse. But anyway, um, oh, no. oh god, okay, it gets good and it gets worse. So basically, uh, then the police ask him, yeah, okay, you killed her, you admit that, but why did you have to mutilate her body so much? And then he's like, oh, because I loved her, but I also hated her, and I had to hide her, like. Um, identity. I, I was just so mad at the time, and I didn't want people to. I, he was basically at one part, like on one side, saying he loved her, but then you know, that's why he was so uh, emotional. But at the same time, he was like, I had to hide her identity. I couldn't just, you know, incriminate myself. Okay, and that completely goes against the story. Like, oh, I blacked out. I don't remember it. Because if he's then saying like, oh, I loved her, but I hated her. Like, then if he, like, realized, like, oh, shit, this is what I did, Mm. he wouldn't then go, like, but she deserved it, and I hate her, and I'm gonna, like, do this. Yeah, it's just really, this guy is just... Like, it's obviously all his fucked up version of events. Yeah. So then the question still is, why did he get caught, right? Yeah. So the police ask him, like, so how did you get into the state where you're super injured, your head is bleeding, and you're, like, lying on the street? Yeah. And then he tells them about the night before where he saw her ghost. Mm-hmm. So he, he was, you know, at his, I think where he was working, the construction site, he might have had a bit to drink, like, some beers, right? And then he says, 
he saw her in a red dress or in red clothes, and she was just following him. Nobody else saw her, but he he saw her, and he ran away. He ran, you know, all over the construction site. But she kept following. She, no matter where he went, he, she was right behind him. Mm-hmm. So then to kind of run away from her, he hid into this building that was still under construction. So the windows and all that, they were not installed yet. And he went up and went up. So he fell out a window? Yeah. Or So that's the thing. So some articles say that he just kind of fell out accidentally. Yeah. Some say that he said she pushed her down the window but okay. either way you know he was not in the right state of mind at that time so he was basically running away from this perceived ghost and she basically either pushed him or just scared him so much that he fell out of a building interesting and that's how he got caught and the thing is this was before the funeral right so this was actually before yes yeah so so the whole like the brother like stabbing the coffin to turn her into like a malevolent spirit Mm -hmm. like it would have been really eerie if that happened like right after but it happened before which is very interesting it is so that also means there was no kind of um suggestion right like he didn't read in the news oh the brother did that and then he kind of was scared yeah exactly yeah this happened completely unconnected to that yes Hmm. Yeah, so that's how he got caught. That's the paranormal element I was telling cool. you about. Oh, yeah, right. You did say that. I completely yes. forgot. So, very interesting. But yeah. now I'm going to piss you off again. Oh, no. Oh, is it the is like sentencing? Yeah. Oh, no. So, a year later, uh, 75, April 4th, um, was his trial the verdict came out there was a jury so now we're back to juries again well yeah makes sense with like hong kong common law system Mm -hmm. yeah checks out and of course the jury consisted of seven men (sighs) okay yeah you're right he kind of you know talked about his reasoning and he says oh it was accidental and she made fun of my uh, my abilities and all that diminished me. And that obviously made all the jurors go like, oh, if somebody did that, like said that to me, like I'd be pissed Yeah, I can too. see it. I'd like, be my mad. masculinity. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus. So okay. after two hours of, you know, consideration, discussing. Only um, two jury... hours of deliberation? Yes, two hours. Holy shit. Uh, the okay. verdict came out five to two. So five of the jurors basically agreed that he did not murder her it was like an accidental killing or ma- i'm not sure if it's manslaughter not or not even manslaughter death. yeah okay I- i'm not really sure um it's the chinese says it's accidental killing and he got 10 years <laughs> mm-hmm. and i'm sure that her being a sex worker had nothing to do with that at all <laughs> yeah nothing um i'm sure so because they didn't convict him of murder I think that was, you know, they, he couldn't get a higher sentence. So despite the horif- horrifying details or, you know, the the circumstances Just of that this case. Just that part alone, like, okay, accidentally killing, but then he mutilated the corpse. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like they didn't even consider that. It's not accidental. Come on. It's obviously not accidental. But even if they're like, oh, he um, went into a rage, like he didn't mean to, like mm-hmm. he said in his story then you don't go and mutilate the body. Exactly, yeah. 
And you you don't go and make fun of the police for not catching you. Yeah, and you. you don't start a cat and mouse chase with the police. Exactly. None of don't that. Don't go and call them and say, well, did you look in the AC? Seriously. It's just insane, yeah. I am really pissed off. <laughs> but I, but I bet yeah. um, Philip Chan was too. No, I'm sure he was too. He didn't mention it, but... Um, so t around 10 years later, in the mid-80s, he was released. And he was able to start a new life. And yeah, that was just... it. that's the black wild wolf of the Great Wall Mansions. And I'm just SMH over here. Yeah. So unfortunately, you know, there's it's not that satisfying. But it is satisfying in the sense that if we believe in the paranormal um, events that took place here, then yeah. Lao really helped in solving the case because it's the, the police did a great job but she ended up kind of you know with that suitcase thing maybe she was maybe he she, she was kind of like nudging him like yeah, hey like, philip look, look over that. there <laughs> yeah exactly but um, like i mean if it was like a supernatural element or paranormal element or just his guilty conscience like showing him this this apparition yeah, yeah, yeah. And plus Philip being super intuitive. Because, I mean, obviously he wasn't a bad investigator if he became superintendent. Yeah, no, and I think they did such a great job in such a short time. They already narrowed down the killer. Yeah, and considering what time, like, when this happened and mm -hmm. them not having DNA. Yeah. And them, like, not discounting certain factors that some mm -hmm. other investigators might have like that the person who like took the message could have just been like uh oh, this is bullshit and like not yeah. gotten oh, exactly. it over to philip and then yes. what like then they wouldn't yeah. have found the skin then they wouldn't have known who she was then the mother mm -hmm. wouldn't have gone to the police saying i think it's my daughter yeah and like they wouldn't have gone to her job they wouldn't have figured out like this is Alyssa sussex it's just, like mm -hmm. everything like building blocks on each other like if yeah that had lined happened, up perfectly yeah yeah but also super dramatically yes like and just with the have gun they made well, a movie know. about this so i read that so there is this thing like i think it's part of a series where they shot a bunch of different episodes and one of them was based on this but um philip also talked about how you know he said that this the the facts of this case would make a perfect movie. It's so dramatic. You don't <laughs> yeah. have to change anything. But um, he said, like, he still sees the mother and the daughters yeah. of Lao. Like, he knew them personally, of course. So he said, I couldn't, yeah, in no, my, that's... you know, good conscience, make a film about this. Yeah. But they, some other people did create, like, an episode of something. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think that if there was something, like, in connection mm -hmm. to this that existed, I didn't think that he would have had a hand in creating it. Yeah, because yeah. I like from how you've explained him, like, because you're also saying how he still like sees her like mutilated body and mm -hmm. like can't get that out of his head. Like, I didn't read him as a person that would have then like gone and made money off of that. Yeah, no, exactly. And so I did think that if anybody made like some piece of media about the story, that it wouldn't have been him. Mm -hmm. So makes makes sense to me yeah um, so this shithead 
only mm-hmm. got 10 years yes only got 10 years yes did he actually serve 10 years or did they let him out early i'm not sure he might have been paroled a bit earlier mm. but there's not a lot of info about him afterwards unfortunately Shit. yeah so he could have gone and done this to someone else as well well maybe but their possibility is there um he must have been on their radar (laughs) i i would hope so yeah like he wasn't a serial killer so well he could have become one though yeah i mean i don't know (laughs) i don't know it's possible if he if he also had like another sort of like in quotation marks relationship with another woman Mm. and there was like some perceived slight like at this point he could have been like well, interestingly, Julia, it kind of leads to my next point, which oh. is this building is fucking haunted <gasps> because many other things happen there as well afterwards. Oh my God. I love it. So I mean, ga- I'm not going to tell you about any hauntings because but, I don't know about that, but I will tell um, you about actual crimes that still happen there. Is that what you're in between is going to be about or no? No, I'm just going to tell you right now. Yes. Yes. Okay, tell me, tell me, tell me. So, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so interestingly, just not even a month later. Yeah. This is insane. This is absolutely insane. I'm not sure if this happened because this hotel was in the news, but on September 4th, right? So like three weeks later or something. Yeah. At 3.30 in the morning, a sort of Bonnie and Clyde um, couple burglar went to rob the great wall mansions why would they why would they pick that to rob i don't know i don't know okay so i mean some people theorize that it's because the place had such bad vibes it affects people to do crazy shit in there so yeah well that might be a reason but um anyway in the struggle one of the male hotel staff uh in his 60s was seriously injured and Mm. he even lost an ear oh whoa and uh, Mrs. Huang, you know, from mm-hmm. our case here, she was also slightly injured as well. But there was no murder here, fortunately. Okay, thank goodness. Yeah, but, but still, like, imagine being Mrs. Huang, like, not Holy even Holy shit, like, earlier. what's going on with my place of business? <laughs> yeah, like, this is not in the contract, guys. <laughs> this, um, this is not what I signed up for. This is above no. my pay grade. Yeah, but um, a few years later... This is also interesting. In August as well, 1980, in the same mm-hmm. hotel. So at this point, they changed the name to a different... So it's not the Great Wall Mansions anymore. Well, yeah, because that'd be like super... Like, they'd always have a sort yeah. of scrutiny on them, right? So Yes. No, for sure. And th- so this one, I'm not really sure if it's true, but apparently... So the article also said, uh, according to rumors, it was the same room, room number five. But we don't know. Yeah, grain of salt. Uh, but let's just assume it is to make it more dramatic. But it happened in August as well. And not just in the sort of normal solar um, Gregorian calendar. Also with the lunar calendar, it was in June. So that doesn't always happen. You mean August? Oh, August in the Gregorian calendar. And it was both June in the lunar calendar. Oh, they they were both June and August like yes. they were both August in the Gregorian and both so, June exactly. in the Exactly. No matter which okay. m- calendar you used, it was in the same month. Okay, 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 okay. Mm. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. They another woman similarly aged 
died at a similar time, also strangled. Oh, whoa. And she was also, you know, there um, with a guest, I think. You know, they had a love, ho- a love hotel room and was found the next morning dead in the room. So very, very similar. I'm going to have to look into this a bit more. Yeah, so I think there are some newspaper clippings that I can read, but I just didn't have the time for it today. But I'll have a look. If it's interesting, I'll talk about it in the in-between. But I think the per- the murderer is not, yeah, has not been found. So maybe oh, it is Lung Xiuping, who knows? But I would, See? I think he was he in jail at the time. Him. Never mind, it's not him, uh, it's not him. Oh, <laughs> he was right, in 10 years, yeah, it doesn't yeah. quite make sense. Yeah, so some people who believe in superstitions. It might have been out like copycat. Copycat, or some people say um, maybe, you know, she was, she did become this malicious spirit and was finding people to kind of repeat what happened to replace her maybe like whatever it's just true horror movie because things, basically because um, who knows right since mm-hmm. he saw her before she like was made into a malevolent spirit yeah. maybe her spirit is still like malevolently like hanging around yeah maybe. like angry and like taking it out like on the place she died yeah who knows and that was in the 80s, right? But then nothing happens until 2005. Mm-hmm. So this is not the same floor, but on the fourth floor uh, of the same building. So the I'm Chinese sure fourth or unlucky third number. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the floors, um, a hotel staff uh, in her 50s was murdered. She was oh, kind no. of, what, what do you call it? Like, um Oh, so tied up or tied restrained? Up, yeah. uh, like to the bed, I think. And her mouth and nose were covered with oh, like duct no. tape and she basically suffocated. And this was, <gasps> I think, a burglary, burglary murder. So they were there to kind of rob the place. But they did catch this guy later on. Oh, thank goodness. And yeah, so it's just a very creepy place. And so three women died in the same building. Wow. Yeah. And so I think, so the person, one of the people I read who, so I read a blog post by this guy who kind of summarized everything and kind of shared newspaper clippings. And he wrote this in 2016 and he actually went there to look at the place. Whoa. And he reports that at least in 2016, it was a private apartment. And he noted that on the doors, there was like a, um, like a what is it like a, a piece of paper but it's kind of like a spell to ward oh, off so evil kind spirits. of like ward off all oh, right 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 yeah i get it i know it here i yes yeah. so they're like okay like people are living here now like it's not a love hotel anymore these are apartments yeah. um but we're just gonna be like rather safe than sorry and um just protect against uh I, possible I malevolent spirits that are still around maybe it, it is haunted and the people living there that's their solution to it yeah yeah whether Damn. it's precaution or you know a solution but anyway that is the Mongkok great wall mansions murder holy crap that was so interesting <laughs> yeah uh, i'm glad it, and it went, went on way longer than i expected because it's such a fast case. It happens in such a you know short span of time. And they find the guy so soon. I thought, you know, 
it's gonna be a short case ha. but no <laughs> nope like like we said earlier we can make anything way longer than it should be yeah <laughs> definitely wow yeah, that was so, a really cool one like it's, horrifying yeah but it's just so, so dramatic cool. isn't it yeah there's so many twists and turns really like a movie like you, you don't even write it like this nowadays because it's not police procedure but yeah yeah wow that's hong kong in the 70s for you damn okay well um i guess her mother might still be alive but definitely like her daughters still are and yeah i wish them all the best and like you said like he, uh philip chen still has like contact with them so i'm not sure if they have contact but basically when he was asked about like at the time so he basically yeah. he you did he he did a good job good good job philip he did chen. a good job yes damn yeah, that's that's it hope you cool you know despite being sick i hope you were able to no i was completely I disinterested like... the entire time i don't even know what we're talking about <laughs> i hope you feel better i hope this case made you feel better well yes and no because it's a horrible <laughs> case yeah no i mean like honestly I, I feel like we're this case was because it was so dramatic we kind of you know went a bit crazy with the reaction sometimes maybe but as opposed to, you know, the previous case I did with Liang Jie, where it was so close, it just hit so hard. And and I think just the knowledge that it's solved yes. makes it a bit easier. And there's mm -hmm. a bit of a, um, we feel a bit removed, I think, because of the For time sure. yeah. between that. And I mean, don't take me wrong, I'm supremely pissed off at the yeah, yeah. justice that was not properly and served. the jurors seriously like what the fuck and that's why you need mixed juries or mm. no jury system at all do lay yeah. judges but like it was a horrible death but it's just that the i think the speed of it and just for once like good police work mm -hmm. made this sort of a bit easier to digest yeah for sure and like he really <laughs> Um, when all in. also just the character, like the main sort of protagonist in the story, yeah, had like later on becoming like an actor amongst other like things in the entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. It it makes it kind of ridiculous, but it's it, it does. Truth. Yes, I it's think so surreal. It, it's kind of it's yeah, it's surreal. I think is mm -hmm. what it is. Yeah, yeah. Well. No. You picked That's a it. Good it's one. such a long time. Uh, yeah, I mean, no, we gotta. Now. We have to we wrap, gotta, wrap it up. You gotta go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, I do, but I've been sleeping pretty late the last few days, so. Yeah. You gotta sleep. Uh, you sleep. Yes. <laughs> no, I mean, we can discuss it about it a bit more in the next in between. We'll see what I come up with for that. But yeah, uh, yeah. that's it for today. Yeah, and oh, geez, yes. before we forget. Um, this yes. comes out on your dad's birthday, right? It does come out on Happy my dad's birthday, birthday. Flitz. I mean, I know that he doesn't listen, but yeah, just he said he will listen I'm... to an episode if I like cover this one specific case. So okay. well, I'll get to that someday. But too late. It's not his birthday. It's episode. not his birthday. No. <laughs> but yeah, happy birthday, Flitz. I know you won't hear this, but thinking of you and oh, I'll let him know. And I know we're like real time, still kind of far away. 
mm-hmm. from it. But your birthday's coming up, and well, it's two weeks, not that far. Yeah, but on the day it comes out, we're just a couple days away. So yes, exciting. We'll talk about it in the in between that comes out after your birthday. <laughs> okay, we shall do that. <laughs> but yeah, have a great day Thank or you. have a good night. Yes, whatever applies. And hope you get better soon. Thank um, you. And any of you that are sick, same same to you. Hope you get better soon. Yes. It sucks. <laughs> yeah, Julia gets it. I I, uh, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> All so, right. Um. See you next week then. Bye, you guys. Bye.